You're listening to the We Don't Want to Wait iZombie Podcast Marshmallow Crossover Special. Uh, I'm Robin. I'm Stephanie. And we are here talking about Veronica Mars. We're finishing Season up- 2 finale. Yeah. Season 3 premiere and second episode. That's right. The episodes are? Not Pictured is the Season 2 finale. Yes. The Season 3 f- premiere <laughs> is Welcome Wagon. Uh-huh. And something about a big fat something. My big fat Greek week, I think it is. Uh, my big fat Greek rush week. Rush week. There we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have so much stuff to talk about. My first thing I want to talk to you about is a movie review. Um, okay. I watched a movie with my kids that they got out from the library. It's an old movie, and it's called Andre. Andre is a movie about a little girl who becomes friends with a seal, and it's based on a real story. Oh. Uh, the little girl is played by little Tina Majorino. <laughs> oh. So fun to watch little Mac <laughs> playing with a seal. And I got to say, this movie is right up my alley because, okay, so she had a big sister in the movie, and the big sister had a boyfriend, and he was about 12 years old, and he was played by Joshua Jackson. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. a very it's a very WB slash CW slash UBN movie. I know, and actually, um, there is a part in the movie where you know, like towards the end of the movie, the big climax is the girl goes to res- little girl goes to rescue the seal in a little boat. She end- ends up getting tossed off the boat, and um, who rescues her? But little twelve year old Pacey jumps off a boat. So what? P- Pacey rescues Mac. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Pacey's dad is a uh, angry fisherman played by Keith Zerabashka, otherwise known as Holtz. Mm. <laughs> and the whole movie is narrated by the old, I mean, the, the, the is based on a true story. So it's coming from the point of view of the, um, of this little girl all grown up telling the story about, uh, what happened when she was a little girl and the seal named Andre and how, you know, the whole town loved him. Uh, that uh, older Mac is uh, the voice of Annette O'Toole. So I'm telling you, this movie. Oh, wow. This is a We Don't Want to Wait exclusive. You need to go watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, it was cute. (laughs) I was just so, I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this movie with you guys. Oh, it's Mac. Oh, it's Pacey. (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) So anyway. Awesome. Yeah. I don't think I saw any CW slash WB slash UPN stars this week that I can think of. Oh, man. No, I'm drawing a blank. No. I, can't, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I know. I'm barely ever. I'm, bar- I'm barely ever to watch. Uh, I'm barely able to watch uh, any TV other than <laughs> when I'm watching for podcasts anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, all right. So let's start on our first episode. It's it's called Not Pictured. Uh, story mm-hmm. story is by Rob Thomas. Uh, teleplay by Rob Thomas and John Embaum. Uh, my summary here is: It's graduation day, and holy crap! So yeah, that's pretty a much lot it. happens. <laughs> so much. Um, this is another one where I was just like, I threw my hands up in the air. I was like, I'm just going to write chronological notes because. Uh, I mean, how do you divide all this up? It's all interrelated. It's all pretty much around like one day, graduation mm-hmm. day, maybe the day before. Um, so shall we get started? Okay. Because right. I've got questions, things I don't understand. Well, I guess bring up those questions when we get to them or do you want to talk about the okay. questions? No, well, I'll, I'll bring them up when we get to them. Okay. 
So uh, Aaron Eccles walks. He tells the press he's relieved. He even throws up the double peace sign. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I am not a crook. <laughs> uh, good old Roger Stone <laughs> slash Richard Nixon. Um, yeah, I mean, does does Veronica ever make a difference? Does Veronica ever succeed? She wins these little battles, but oh, yeah. does she she always loses the war? Like it's the this is a very pessimistic show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, things happen. I mean, yeah, she gets all these little cases and stuff. I mean, eventually. Um, some things I mean, happen that make her win, yeah. but still, it's it, it's I just painful, feel like it's saying painful the, the, victories. Yeah, the deck is stacked against people like Veronica, and she's just never going to win. Right. Just, just life sucks. And uh, <laughs> Keith tells Veronica they're just going to have to move on. You know, we got to accept the facts. They got off. Mm-hmm. Um, so meanwhile, Meg's dad, who is this constant uh, off-screen character, uh, posts uh, $20,000 for the capture of Woody Goodman. And um, Okay, remind me. What, ha, Woody, he just didn't run off? Like when did how did he why did he flee? Uh, because uh, the the recording came out. I think Keith was accusing him. Um, yeah, the recording. Oh, the recording of the two boys talking about him, um, which we find out the ad- identity of. I mean, uh, it just it was hitting the fan. Okay. <laughs> so he he fled. Okay, and then Keith said. That he framed – was that a, a, all a frame job to um, – with the uh, the drunken overdosed prostitute? She ended up being a prostitute. Mm-hmm. He told Keith that it was a, you know, a business uh, – Yeah, it seemed like – it seemed like – I don't know. It was as if Woody knew that Keith was going to get close to the truth, so he had to find a way to blackmail Keith, but it didn't turn out. The way he expected, okay. maybe. Um, okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> Keith is too honorable to just, you know, go along with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and also, him in the paper, and yeah, yeah, and also, I'm going to ruin you. Too bad I'm already ruined. You yeah. can't ruin me. <laughs> I have nothing. The classic to take blood from, from a stone kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Wallace tells Veronica what happened with Jackie, and she prescribes him cake. <laughs> Eat lots <laughs> of cake. It's a Tina Fey way. Um, so uh, Veronica then lures a former member of the Little League, uh, Johnny, with gelato. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, oh, and then we go to Vinny asking Keith for a team up to get those 20 Gs. And we pan out and we see, surprise, he's actually in jail. But he does have this information. He's Yeah, that was a great reveal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know why he's in jail, Steph? You should be happy. It's for breaking into Woody's house. Oh, yes. You can't just break. No matter how rotten you are, breaking into somebody's house is wrong. Yeah, but Vinny, Vinny, Vinny is, you know, morally gray. He's usually kind of playing for the wrong team. Uh, That's why it's so surprising when he was helping Duncan, but probably earned, earned a pretty, fa- pretty penny from uh, Duncan's family. Um, but otherwise, it's okay for Vinny to go to jail for this. Mm-hmm. So Vinny says he's got records, uh, and then they kind of bicker back and forth about how much money they're going to get from those uh, those twenty Gs, and it's fifty fifty. And then the key says no action until Veronica graduates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get his 
like medical records mm. and that's where they kind of <clears throat> drop it they're like hmm, treated for chlamydia and you see veronica's face go huh mm. that's weird i'm on a tv show so it doesn't mean that just randomly some other person can have chlamydia <laughs> yeah i just this i'll wait till we get to that to okay. the right part <laughs> Also, he has heart arrhythmia, so he needs pills. So he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna track him down using uh, Gia's cell." And uh, and so anyway, Veronica, we have this, uh, we have kind of a little Rob Thomas indulging in some uh, kind of David Lynchian kind of stuff with this dream. I mean, it's not bizarre; it's just alternate reality. What mm-hmm. would happen if um, uh, Lily never got murdered? Mm-hmm. Um, this is like how Veronica expected graduation to be, mm-hmm. how she thought her life would have turned out. Yeah, it's kind of a bizarre twist on It's a Wonderful Life. What if Lily was not murdered? Mm-hmm. Um, so he still is a sheriff. Leanne is happily, happily married to him and sober. They're in a house, not in a tiny apartment. Mm-hmm. They're serving, They're all having breakfast together. I do have to say, this is the last time we see Corinne Burr as uh, Leanne. Leanne Mars is gone for now. Mm-hmm. Or now, I guess. Not not coming back. Um, so then she's then we see her hanging out with her boyfriend, Logan. So in her dream, she's her, Logan is her boyfriend. Yeah, it was funny. You, she walks up to Dick and... Uh, Duncan. Duncan. Duncan's yeah. there. Duncan's and back. Teddy Dunn's you, back. Yeah, you assume that... Her and Duncan are together, but no Logan. Oh, because she's so. What did she? She was gullible. Mm-hmm, they yeah. they tricked her. Yeah, about Wallace. Yeah, she gets Wallace's cap and gown, and Duncan says yes. that he got robbed of the sack and pack, locked in the freezer, and lost three fingers. And I just I just noted you're like this is this is this is Rob Thomas going. Okay, we know that I know that you guys. Are thinking this is a whole It's a wonderful life thing And you know of course something You know because w- Life went one other way It means something terrible happens to somebody else You know so Because Veronica never ends up Being friends with Wallace All of a sudden he gets locked in a freezer And lo- loses three Yeah but, but no but I think what it's really saying Is it's talking about her character her Veronica now is so hardened and cynical oh, yeah. and and very uh, clever and street smart. And <laughs> yeah. Street smart and mm-hmm. old Veronica was like, "Oh, I'm a normal 16, 18 year old girl. I believe blonde, what Pep Squad. Yeah, what yeah. boys tell me, I believe them." It's the Buffy thing, you know? She wasn't a slayer. She was just a regular cheerleader, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the most telling thing, uh, if she hadn't been friends with Wallace, he would not have enjoyed high school. You know, she's the kind that enjoyed high school and doesn't really want to leave. And mm-hmm. it was a blast. And, oh, you're one of those. He yeah. didn't enjoy high school because he didn't have a friend like her. And she says, "Have a nice life to him." And he says, "I'm sure you will." Mm. Poor little, poor, poor Wallace with his nerdy glasses and his black outfit. Yeah. Poor uh, Alt Wallace. Alt Wallace, yeah. <laughs> Walt Wiss, I don't know. Um, Walt Wiss, Walt Waltis? No, just I'm trying to do a fringe thing. It's just not working. <laughs> uh, so Veronica finds Lily staring at her own fountain. This is bizarre. 
And it mm-hmm. literally says Lily Kane, 1987 to 2003. Um, okay, so Lily is older than Veronica and Logan? Yeah, this was a strange... I did not even consider that at all. But I, I guess if either. Duncan isn't the same grade as Veronica, unless Duncan and Lily are twins or from different <laughs> mothers, mm-hmm. uh, it would make sense that they're at least a year apart. I Yeah, I always assumed they were all in the same grade together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so why didn't Dick and Beaver graduate high school? Or I okay, I assume that Beaver was younger. Yes, Beaver is younger. So why didn't Dick graduate high school? That, you mean at the end of the episode? Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about Dick. That's really funny. And the, the thing is, um, the funny thing, you know, a little bit of trivia for when graduation starts later. Uh, mm-hmm. The first name, first one of the first names you hear is John Embaum because it's a shout out to the writer. Yeah, they would have called Dick Casablancas before that. Mm-hmm. So he was sitting in the stands in the audience. Oh, he was. I had even Dick and Ca- Cassidy, Dick and Beaver were sitting in the audience. I did not even realize. Yeah, something happened. Huh. But we will talk about that later in the next episode. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, um, she says that she's a Vassar, and she said she got dumped, she got dumped, but or she she broke up with somebody for cheating, and then she reveals that a guy dumped her for cheating with his ex. <laughs> and she mm-hmm. says it's college; it's expected. <laughs> and that's Lily. That's Lily Kane. That's so Lily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's she's a free spirit. And I'd like to read uh, from her fountain the poem. I okay. looked this up and I could not find this anywhere. What's this a reference to? Is this just a Rob Thomas original? Uh, it's good. Uh, is the end the end or merely a new beginning? Can that which once started suddenly be stopped? Or is this a cosmic circle that makes us think we are over just before we begin again? So hmm. I don't know if that's kind of like a, another like kind of dreamy thing or if this was i don't remember this being a part of her memorial ceremony back in season one but yeah mm-hmm. that's printed on her fountain um so yeah she says do you smell bacon and i i wrote down i was like here comes lamb but no <laughs> the dream is actually over <laughs> why did you say that because you know bacon pigs cops uh. <laughs> nasty way to to say that lamb's coming. Oh. Um, a little bit of trivia here. Um, Kristen Bell and Amanda Seyfried could not be on set at the same time. So Amanda was b- filming Big Love and Kristen was filming the movie Fanboys. Um, so they both have stand-ins to film their parts with each other. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, you never actually see them standing next to each other. Um, and, uh, I also have to say, you know, I don't know if this is spoilers, but she is really dead. So I guess this isn't, this is, this is goodbye for good for Amanda Seyfried. We don't, we don't see Lily in a vision. I'm glad that, I'm glad that we got as much of her as we did. Mm -hmm, Definitely. It was great. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think it really added to the drama and the, the heft of the situation. Oh, oh, for sure. Like calling back to to get to to get to know that character right and to care about that character exactly calling back to uh you know twin peaks and david lynch i mean mm-hmm. laura palmer was is dead within the first uh before the credits even before the show even starts but yet she is a constant presence on that show and they you know 
they established that by, I don't know, there's, there's a few flashbacks, there's videotape of her, there's her picture everywhere. You know, it's all mm-hmm. about Laura. Um, so I think, I think Rob Thomas is a bit of a fan of what Twin Peaks pulled off. Um, but yeah. Um, so Veronica wakes up, keeps making breakfast. So we go on to, um, Veronica tricking Woody's lawyer, Mr. Lee, pretending to be Gia, uh, which is just funny because I immediately think of Jessica Jones, uh, doing the ditzy, uh, voice on the phone, uh, tricking like a a secretary to give her some information. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so Keith, Finds out that uh, Mr. Lee calls uh, the Quail Creek Lodge to contact Woody about what Gia is saying about, I think it was like a pill delivery or whatever. He's, yeah, it's changing the dosage, like taking two 50 milligrams to equal 100 milligrams or right. something like that. <clears throat> um, he is staying at the Quail Creek Lodge under the name Mr. Underhill. Do you know what that is? No. That is Frodo's alias in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name he uses when you know the, he's trying to stay um, secret when he's traveling with the ring. Oh, I think I think he uses it when he goes to that bar and meets Aragorn in the Fellowship. But I can't remember. It's been it hasn't been that long. I did a rewatch, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a lot to remember. Yeah, it's a lot. Kind of like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we go to graduation, and Keith tells Veronica where Woody is. He says he's leaving for Reno right after graduation to this hunting lodge where he's staying. Um. And then we see poor Abuela being brought in with her with her grandchildren, uh, Weevil's nephews, or something. We're yeah, like, oh you no, know it's going to be bad. Uh-huh. It's going to be bad. As I said, John M. Baum graduates. Then we have Wallace and, oh, look in the crowd. There's Alicia. <laughs> I haven't seen her in oh, a while. Oh, yeah. Just a glimpse. <laughs> yep. A proud mom. Because it would be obvious if she wasn't there. Right. We need to see her. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac tells Veronica she and Beaver are staying at Neptune Grand that night. Any advice? Um, and she says, close your eyes and think of England. What does that mean? Oh, you don't know? Okay. I was wondering if you knew because you're all up about the the, the monarchy. Um, I had to look it up. Uh, this is the uh, reputedly the advice given by Queen Victoria to her daughter on the event of her nuptials. This phrase is also believed to originate from the 1912 journal of Lady Hillingdon when speaking of having relations with her husband. It is commonly used as advice given to women when confronted with the inevitability of sexual intercourse. Oh. Yeah, so it comes from Queen Victoria. Just grit your teeth and bear it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And it's funny because before I looked it up, I was like, is this some sort of weird reference to Duncan and his European world tour? I mean, I remember when they went to the hotel, she went to the hotel room and he he did this sweet thing about setting like dates in different countries all around his hotel. And finally, it was like a deleted scene. Yeah, and then yeah, because because it was weird when they they're going to have sex for the first time, and the camera kind of zooms in on the Mona Lisa pillow, and it's like, what is that all about? <laughs> because they, they this is where they ended up is in France. So mm, um, I was thinking it was uh, like what they tell guys to think about baseball. <laughs> what do they tell? I, I didn't hear this advice. What what do they tell guys? Oh, you know for. Oh Lord, I'm gonna blush just saying. Are you, is it something like batter up kind of thing? You... No, the, <laughs> like how to last longer. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Last longer doing what stuff? I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we're going on with the graduation names. Phil Clemmer graduates as well. Um, that is another writer for Veronica. <laughs> uh, and that's when Lamb shows up to arrest Weevil for Thumper's murder. Oh, God. Lamb is just the worst. Weevil gets is- really upset. <laughs> Yeah, like you could, he didn't have to do that. He could have stood there, watched Weevil, waited till graduation was over, and then arrested him. And yeah, Buster. But no, he a is a penis head. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Mac getting her diploma. And then Veronica uh, gets her name called. And Keith, you know, much like every father should. Uh, I I did this for my Sarah. I stood mm-hmm. up and clapped loudly and cheered. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's so it's so funny. Okay, everybody graduates high school. It's mm-hmm. not really a huge you know accomplishment, but <laughs> to get through thirteen years of school yeah. and it's finally over. Yeah, it is. It's it is a time to celebrate. It's so weird. It is so weird. I remember after graduation just being like, I really, I don't have anything to do right now. (laughs) Like, like, what am I doing? Um, Yeah, and I love this little moment with Veronica. She just kind of stops on the stage and just looks out. Just takes it in. Yeah, and just kind of stunned. And then she goes. And then she has that moment with the principal. He's like, I don't know if my life is going to be better or worse without you. What do I do when I have another one of you? (laughs) And she says, uh, don't tape all your passwords to the bottom of your stapler. <laughs> that was great. And stay cool, Mr. C. <laughs> okay, what is that from? Um, the best I can think of is that's like a Fonzie reference, you know, because Fonzie always was Mr. Cool and Mr. Cunningham, Mr. C. He called him He called him Mr. Okay. C. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he had something to do. Maybe it's a hanging with Mr. Cooper reference. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so... Holy cow, Keith proves to Steph that he's the best father in the world by surprising Veronica with a trip to New York City. Oh, yes. I bet you That's were what you hyped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Broadway, Soho. What was the other thing? I forget. I read it all down. And he was like, he was like Shea Stadium. Yeah. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> oh, the MoMA. They, they were going to the MoMA. Oh, and wasn't that – wasn't there – the the Magnolia Magnolia Bakery isn't it? Yes, yeah. they go to Magnolia Bakery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's um, in like the village. Yeah, and Dick uh, gives Veronica a slap on the behind as she's making her way through the crowd and says, "Get ready to party." Uh, so I did not even think about the fact that he wasn't graduating, which makes no sense, does it? <laughs> Something must have. I was trying to – I was racking my brain trying to remember if maybe he got in trouble. Yeah. That would make more sense. He got in trouble. He couldn't attend his own graduation, but he still showed up. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, in the next episode, it's kind of addressed. Yeah. Um, okay. So um, Veronica is getting in her car. She uh, – Alicia asks Veronica uh, why Wallace is leaving for Paris. And she's really upset. And so – uh, before we go anywhere, we have to say goodbye to Erica Gimple, who played Alicia. Um, yeah, she's no more. No more Wallace's mom. We don't okay. need a mom anymore. Well, Wallace is in college, so we're, we don't. We're offing the moms. The, all the moms <laughs> are going. <laughs> and uh, surprise, surprise, we go right to Brooklyn for some reason. Brooklyn? Why Brooklyn? Are we in Brooklyn? The Brooklyn Bridge. The uh, <laughs> the. Uh, 
the the uh, truth comes out here. Uh, I mean, not all the truth. There's hints of the real truth here, but we see. Okay, so it's starting to make sense. Okay. When, when you know, I, last week I said that, oh, what was it? Um, she's telling Cook, what's his name, Terrence, she's telling her dad that Wallace got a room or, or something, and he's, like, warning her. And she was like, uh, Dad, you know, I had to learn the hard way. Or what, mm. And so we were speculating, you know, what could happen. Oh, what could yeah. have happened. I didn't and remember that. It's that she has a two-year-old child. Mm-hmm. And we don't actually know it's hers when she walks into her mother. Her mother's working at the diner, and Jackie is, too. And apparently, you know, the, the job at the hut was uh, was a little bit of training for her to get back to work. After, well, after high school. yeah, I think it was that she had experience before. Mm, That's oh. why she was so good at it. Gosh, I, I, you should take over and do, explain this entire show to me because <laughs> I really, I'm. Well, this, I, this I understand. Other things I do not. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> um. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Jackie. So she had been lying because she told everybody that her mother was a... a um, high society model. Mm-hmm. And, and had has, boyfriends and that didn't she want has children around. Yeah. And Veronica calls her and tells her that Wallace is at JFK. We'll, we'll catch up with them later. We have a lot to get through first. Okay. Logan runs into his dad at the Neptune Grand. I tell you, that Harry Hamlin um, is plays such a snake. And, Ugh, uh, such a slumbo. This is not as bad as his interaction later, but uh, just the fact that he, he killed Logan's girlfriend, and now he's all about civility? <laughs> and he's like, guess what? Got you by the purse strings. You know? Oh, I mean... Oh. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, like, and there's no other place in town to live but the hotel. Yeah, yeah, they all go to the Nipsey, all the Richies without the, without houses. Uh, so we go all the way out to Texas at the lodge, and we have Woody watching Pa Kent and Senator Jack Jennings on some show about an old orange Dodge Charger. <laughs> I do not get it. It's kind it's of a Texas, street. It's Reno, Nevada. Oh, it's Nevada. Mm-hmm. Did I say Reno, Texas earlier? No, but you said Texas just then. My notes actually say Reno, Texas. Is there a Reno, Texas? Maybe it is Reno, Texas. I wrote this for some reason. Time for a little Google. And there is a Reno, Texas. There is a Reno, Texas. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, they now have a recycling trailer for aluminum cans only, according to this first link. So, uh, (laughs) hey, what up to our listeners in Reno? Not the one in Nevada. Uh, anyway, so um, Keith gets to drop on him and turns him over to the local sheriff. And Woody pleads to Keith that he didn't bomb the bus and he was only there for those boys because their parents weren't. I cared uh, about them. Yes, I was the hero that they needed. Mm-hmm. Their parents caused this for, because they didn't pay any attention to them. And uh, we got to say bye, Steve Gutenberg, uh, at this moment. Um, it does feel kind of kind of cut off a little bit, but I guess I would have rather – I would probably not rather have more, I don't know, discussions about what went on with him and the boys and maybe, you know, some sort of court hearing or whatever. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's – I, I do – Yeah, the, well, that's how I feel like – like 
I feel like this episode was crammed full of stuff. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing was given room to breathe. It was very. It was just. It was just so full of a plot. But I don't know how you would have done it differently. I don't know. I wouldn't want to know. Wouldn't this, want to, any more details. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Just you, you don't see Steve Gutenberg ever again after this, obviously. Um, and it's kind of weird that you know you don't see any sort of justice for him except for some you know <laughs> some good good solid revenge. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about that. Um, so Veronica um, calls Keith and says she's still working on finding the third kid from the tape. She goes to Woody's Burgers and mm-hmm. sees uh, Little League pictures and trophies and this picture that she's trying to track down all the names for. This one actually has names underneath it. Um, Derek Applegate and also not pictured Cassidy Casablancas. And we have a nice pole focus. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I like this little moment. If you are ahead of this, if you are ahead of this and you're putting this together at the same time, Veronica is this little moment is for you where she goes to the bathroom to splash water on her face. Cause Veronica is put together with this, this, all this means it, she doesn't, she, she I, I, you know, she just put one to the next to the next, you know, the, all the threads are connecting. It's, it all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's crazy how she is looking for justice for this pedophile. And right here at this moment, she realizes this isn't just about him. This is a, this has to do with her too. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, you're talking about the chlamydia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. The the audio of the two guys talking, but you couldn't hear the third guy, and we find out that it is Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Why was he not on the audio? I believe Marcos edited him out because he is a person that works with audio, and because Cassidy was he was respecting Cassidy's wish, wishes to uh, not get him involved. Unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, Cassidy uh, jumped the gun a bit, I think, in making sure he never he didn't get involved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. Okay, we'll talk more. Okay. Uh, let's just continue. <laughs> okay. So she calls Mac, who doesn't hear her phone. She's got a little. Uh, I think they're called sidekicks. She's got a little phone on her belt, and she's she's got a phone purse. That's yeah. what I would call it—a purse that can only hold a phone. <laughs> Um, and she says, get away from Beaver. And then she tracks down, she tries, go, goes to track down Hart Hansen. And Hart, yes. Hart's last name is Hansen. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, is the executive producer of Joan of Arcadia and Bones. Yes. I'm assuming it's all a, you know, writer's club kind of, uh, in joke. Perhaps there's a Rob Thomas that got murdered on Bones or something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right, uh, so Beaver starts to walk Mac upstairs, and then Corny stops them. Oh, Corny. And tells them about Woody's arrest and how Veronica is on the case and yada, yada, yada. And uh, I do have to say goodbye to Jonathan Chesner. Not always around, Uh, but always funny as Corny. Maybe we will have a new Corny next season. Uh, Yeah. Uh, so Veronica shows up at the party, asks Logan and Dick where Beaver is. Dick jokes about he and Mac are probably making love and playing D&D at the same time because they're 12 <laughs> level <great>. dorks. <laughs> they're probably making love or playing D&D or doing both at the same time because they're both 12 level dorks. 
And uh, for all you love fans, um, Veronica is definitely looking pretty distraught. She walks off, and we see Logan concerned looking after her. So um, we cut up to the hotel room. It turns out the beaver couldn't perform. Um, What was that about baseball stuff? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, as the audience member, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Like, oh, man, maybe, you know, there was an actual penetration. So maybe he didn't spread the chlamydia to her, you know? Yeah, okay. That's what I don't understand Beaver because why was he refusing to get intimate with Mac? earlier and why is he having trouble performing and then later on in season three when uh dick makes a remark about him like i don't really understand what's going on with other than he's like a psychopath maybe i, I don't like know i think it, i could i mean i i think it has to do with the fact that he's he was molested you know that could probably mm. mess you up sexually um, oh yes he I, could also I guess he, so. he could also you know Know that he's got, you know, some problems down there and maybe he's. Yeah, see, I figure he was, he had, he knew he had chlamydia and that's why he was staying away from Mac because he didn't want to spread it to her. But now he's he's just like, screw it, you know, he's going to get, he's got to get treated at some point. Yeah. Maybe he's being treated. I don't know. Or maybe maybe he got treatment and that's why he decided to finally sleep with her. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking he's like, it's graduation. It's over. This is it. I'm done. I'm going off of my realty business. I'm going to buy buildings and be big like my dad. And uh, I don't have to think about school, high school or little league ever again. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking, especially since I did all these terrible things to, yeah. Um, so, well, and also, you know, in this season, those little glimpse of big Dick Casablanca's taking Dick to the shooting range and just leaving Cassidy out. Yes. His dad did ignore him. Yeah, it's true. Uh huh. And uh, that does not mean he should be molested, though, Woody. What the hell? Um. But also, there is that that predator thing that where they like it's almost like okay, just like how the priests mark who are victims. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they sniff out weakness. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Woody wasn't looking for kids to help. He was looking for vulnerable kids. Yeah. He's a little scumbag. Right. Um, all right, so uh, the hotel won't let Veronica up, so she texts Mac, get away from Beaver. He's a killer. Of course, uh, this is must be before phones had locks on them because Beaver sees the text while Mac's in the shower, um, and he pulls a gun and texts using her phone Meet me on the roof now. So you're all like worried. Veronica is about to go meet uh, a gun-toting, scary. We just found all these scary things about Beaver. Uh, scary implications. Um, she's about to go meet him. He's got a gun. She steps in the elevator, and there's freaking Aaron Eccles. Ugh. Just like uh, freedom. It's pretty damn sweet. And uh, then he tells him that tells her that. Uh, she and Lily are so much alike and, uh, you know, but you had a, have a problem keeping your mouth shut. And then he totally brags about smashing in Lily's head with an ashtray to make her shut the hell up, which, oh my God, freaking scary as hell. Um, but then he walks off the elevator. You see, he's got a couple of wine glasses and a bottle of wine, you know, and, uh, 
I don't know. Um, pretty pretty scary. And Veronica's on to the roof, and uh, Beaver surprises her with a gun. And then he says Mac is in a better place, which just like, <gasps> no! <laughs> it's kind of like, what happened to Willow? <laughs> what did she do? Um, he demands her bag and grabs her phone and asks what she knows. And that's where she tells him. She says, uh, he played Little League with Marcos and Peter. And Woody molested all three of them. The recording was of Peter and Marcos trying to get Beaver to join them in coming forward. Beaver records it but refuses to join them. That was the confusing part for me. Because he gets his voice edited out of the conversation. Maybe he edits himself out of the conversation. Okay. Where was the recording found? Do you remember? I'm sorry, mm, listeners. We Peter's have terrible memory. Computer. Was I it on Peter? Know. Maybe Marco's computer. Somebody's computer. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I, don't know. I guess it's not terribly important. Um, Hart told Veronica that Beaver was in charge of blowing things up in his war movies, and he got explosives from his dad's mechanic, Curly. Um, and we see a little flashback of Beaver in the limo with Duncan and the other and some other O-Niners making that phone call to blow up the bus. Mm-hmm. So creepy. Um, and Kirk- we also see mm. where when Weevil was beating up Curly yep. and uh, Cassidy was in the car. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the PCHers drove off and he hit Curly with the car. Yep. Wrote and- Veronica's name on his hand uh-huh. and pushed him off the cliff. And he says that uh, he helped, and then he also mentions how he used Veronica to help bring his dad down to punish him for the way that he treated him. Like he really mm. gets like he was really curly. a mastermind behind <laughs> all of this. He was he. Uh, it looked like he was just using Veronica to prove that he was that Kendall was cheating, uh-huh. and that's what we thought because he found the condom. I guess he was like, oh, here's my opportunity i've got a uh, i got mm-hmm. a reason to get somebody to investigate all this mm-hmm. and then when really uncover just... my father's uh, real estate craziness um mm-hmm. here's a bit of trivia by the way and this is something mm-hmm. i said a few weeks ago that we'd get to mm-hmm. all right so a few weeks ago um in an episode after uh dick gets caught uh with a, a cross transvestite um in um the car and it was a whole prank that Beaver pulled. Um, Beaver makes a never explained reference to a Sally that seems to kind of intimidate Dick. And so uh-huh. Rob Thomas was later asked about this in an interview. And um, this, I think he said, okay, so this, is, this might be the interviewer. There was a strange moment that's never answered. There's no way to answer it. But it meant a lot to me where Dick looks like he's going to punch Beaver for setting him up with a crossdresser and Beaver warns him, I'll get even. Remember Sally. It just hangs there. No one knows who Sally is. We had in our head that Sally was a pet of Dick's and that, that Beaver disappeared after Dick did something to upset him. Beaver, oh. Beaver has a dark side. He can take care of himself. If you're paying attention, it's tough to get, get that in there without pointing arrows at the bad guy. Killing and or torturing animals is one point of the McDonald trial triad. The three behaviors that in combination are taken by psychiatrists is a strong warning indicator of incipient sociopath. Uh, the other two being fire starting and bedwetting after toddlerhood. Mm. 
And since Cassidy helped make homemade action movies that included amateur explosives and pyrotechnics, he seems to have attracted to fire, be attracted to fire starting as well. So these references in combination are subtle foreshadowings of Cassidy's criminal insanity. Mm. So yeah, that whole, that little reference, uh, it's like they wanted to put it there, but it, they didn't want to bonk it on the head because uh, they were afraid they were going to give up uh, Beaver too quickly. Mm-hmm. And it probably they couldn't make it. They probably wanted it to uh, be organically uh, revealed, and it, they just never had the chance to right. bring it up. So that's it about the whole bus thing. Then, okay. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Are we are we getting to the rape? Yes. Thing. Okay. I don't understand. Okay, the rape thing in season, you know, the flashback, what happened to her at the at Shelley Pomeroy's party, that seemed to have been completely covered. That Dick pushed Beaver in there on Veronica, but Beaver was not going to take advantage of somebody that was knocked out. Right, and. And Dick thinks that Beaver is still a virgin. Mm -hmm. So, surprise, a year later we find out that Beaver did rape Veronica. Yes, it was resolved in season one because um, we find out from Beaver that Beaver left the room. Mm -hmm. And um, I think he, like, puked or something. Um, Yeah, he, he puked on... One of our reoccurring guest stars. The girl was on... That was on uh, Gossip Girl that is now on Single Parents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mister. A latent mister? Her, yes. Yeah, he, yeah. he puked on her shoes and left. Okay, go. So it could, and then and then afterwards, Duncan stumbled in there, and they, but under the influence of GHCB, or GHB, mm-hmm. I forget what it is, mm-hmm. and, um, they had sex together, both under the influence of the drug, but they both don't mm-hmm. remember it. Right. And then he woke up and uh, left. Um, but as it turns out, um, he didn't leave her alone. He wanted to prove to himself that he was a man and he raped Veronica. And um, this also, now that I think of it, might be another reason why um, he didn't have sex with Mac. He might have also had some issues sexually, like. You know, he might might have felt guilty. For all, you know, there were some moments, it, you know, throughout season one and two that Cassidy just acted like a good, a good guy. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe he actually did really like Mike. Maybe yeah. he did love her. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, they're not they're not. I don't know. I, he's done a lot of monstrous things, but you know, I guess from his point of view, you know, he was just tying up loose ends and. Trying to survive, I I don't know, you know, but obviously raping someone, I don't know, he's messed up. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to excuse Beaver's behavior. I'm just just saying, like, he wasn't he wasn't a bad guy 24 seven. I don't know. He might yeah. have, he might have People had some sort of a conscience. Bad, yeah. <laughs> At one and they're point, not completely good. Yeah, well, he was like he was maybe maybe. Yes, he blew up some kids in a bus, and yes, he like <laughs> hit somebody with a car, murdered them, and. Gosh, all the other things he's done, but uh, you know, maybe uh, raping Veronica to prove that he was a man might have been something that he felt conflicted about. <laughs> I don't know. I just wonder that, that that might be one of the reasons why he, you know, he couldn't play ball. Um, 
Sorry. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's such a, such a terrible phrase to use when it, ha- cause you know, there's the le- the little league thing like that, you know? Oh yeah. Anyway. So Veronica tells Beaver that he'll do anything to keep a secret. So a uh, little trivia here. After the end of season two, um, uh, Alan Sepamal asked Rob Thomas, which elements revealed in the finale were planned ahead? And Rob replied, we knew that Beaver was the killer of season two when we introduced him in season one. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. We knew his motivation. So playing him as the picked upon, less manly Casablanca's boy was all by design. Hmm. Um, but he then he says he didn't plan for the eventual reveal that Cassidy had raped Re- Veronica until the writing for season one was all finished. So they finished up season one and then we're like, maybe they felt that, uh, I'm just guessing, you know, maybe they, they weren't completely satisfied with how the rape was revealed to be just like a drug induced, you know, mm-hmm. con- consenting slash non-consenting. <laughs> well, but they had to make the chlamydia track mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think that's the main thing because like i don't like it that oh by the way he really did you know we thought that he did but really he, that seems contrived mm-hmm. that he did break veronica kyle gallner the guy that plays cassidy um didn't know until the very end <laughs> oh here's a quote I had no idea up until right before we shot the episode. They wouldn't tell me. The only reason I found out was the wardrobe guy had gotten the script and he was like, do you want to know? And I was like, what? And he kind of spilled the beans. So I had no idea. I thought it was more along the lines as I was younger than everybody, so I wasn't going off to college. That's why I was only in one season. I didn't know it was because that whole thing was going to happen. So I literally didn't know until probably a week before. So it's so wow. funny. It's like Rob Thomas was like planning this for like two years, and yet uh, Kyle Gallner only finds out like a, like a week or so before. You know, crazy. Yeah, I always wonder how much they tell them, how much uh, the writers, how much interaction the writers have with the actors. Mm-hmm. So Beaver says he's going to kill her to keep the secret, um, but Veronica says she told her dad. And Beaver says Keith and Woody are returning on Woody's plane, right? Well, there's a bomb on there, too. He just needs to make a phone call. And he pulls his phone out and asks if she wants to make one final call to her dad. And he starts counting down from 60. Um, Holy cow, Kristen Bell in this scene. Yeah. (laughs) This is just, uh, you know. The big tears. She cries and she's calling and there's just no answer, of course, you know. Um, And Beaver apologizes. Uh, oh, wait, he, he calls the number and a plane in the sky above explodes. Oh, yeah, just immediately you have that explosion in Boom. the sky. Was that CGI? I guess that was CGI. I'm assuming they probably didn't just like shoot something off into the air. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, Kristen Bell again just falling to her knees in tears. And then- Yeah, because, you know, these days it's a, a, a season finale. You expect somebody to die. Mm-hmm. You expect... You know, not every actor is going to move on to the next season. Just like with Beaver, you, uh, Kyle Gallner, you assume that they got to trim trim some of the cast down. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not unexpe- It's not unexpected for somebody to actually die. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is great. He's like leaning over her, and she is secretly uh, forwarding the text from Mac's phone to Logan, which says mm-hmm. "Meet me on the roof." Yeah, and and Kyle Gallner, uh Cassidy looks 
crazed. Mm-hmm. You know, his eyes look sunk back in his head. His skin, his his complexion looks pale. Yeah, he's like, I'm, looks- I, I have to kill her now. Like, this is it. This is going to be the mm-hmm. last thing that I have to do, you know? And he just, you know, it's probably just to get himself. I, I don't know. He's, 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 I think he's happy she figured it out, but also like getting himself all manned up to, uh, to actually execute her. And, um, Oh, by the way, I just wanted to mention um, the date on the text Mimi on the Roof is June 6th. Uh, so Veronica Mars uh, and class graduated on my birthday. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then he says, like, hey, just do me a favor. Can you just jump off the roof so I don't get any DNA on me? <laughs> um, and then he tra- starts jabbing Veronica with the taser. Like, you know, how does it feel? Um, and uh, just see if she'll jump. And she just won't. So he pulls his gun out and says he might be able to frame Aaron Eccles for her murder. And that's when Logan jumps out and yells, no! <laughs> uh, Beaver shoots at him and kills him. The end. Uh, ah, wow, what no. a season finale. <laughs> Strangely, he misses. <laughs> um, then there's a whole scuffle. Veronica tackles him. Beaver knocks her off. Uh, Logan tackles him. They're struggling. And now Veronica's got the gun. And this is great. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Logan, because Veronica is gonna like she's gonna she's getting ready to kill him, and and Logan is like Veronica, you're not a murderer. She's like he killed my dad. He killed mm-hmm. everybody on the bus. He raped me. Like <laughs> he raped me. Oh, Kristen Bell. Um. So she gives up the gun to Logan, and behind her, like they're having this tearful like hug, and there's just Beaver again being ignored. And he's just like, you can see, he's just like, it's over, you know? And he just kind of steps to the edge and they yell, Beaver, don't. And he says, my name is Cassidy. Yeah. And he says, Cassidy, don't. And, and, he's, and. Yeah, he's, because that's very important because that has, de- uh, de- de- um, what's the word? Emasculated him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being called Beaver all this time. You know, I, won't somebody just call me by my real name? And just so you know, for those who have been listening, I have rarely called him Cassidy because he's a psychopathic murderer that raped Veronica. And just heard <laughs> him. him call Beaver. <laughs> call him Beaver all I want. Um, oh, yeah. I just I just uh, realized uh, the season one finale was actually was literally called Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there's just this moment. It's just like he's like, "Why shouldn't I?" And Logan and Veronica just have no words. And uh, that's what I thought. And he just steps off the ledge, just gone. Mm. Like there's no sound. It's just yeah. Wow. Um, he doesn't come up standing on a DeLorean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I guess we're gonna have to definitively say uh, goodbye, Kyle Galner. Um, Definitely not coming back. Um, and just, gosh, to, to, I, I, I have no idea how Logan and Veronica come down from this night. This night is just terrifying. And um, just all the secrets that came out. Um, just, wow. Um, they rush to Max's room. She's just, like, confused. She doesn't understand why Beaver took all her clothes and all the sheets and just left her there. So sad. Yeah, that's so weird. It's almost like, I don't know. It just reminds, 
I don't know. It reminds me of shaving their heads after they've been raped. Like yeah. it's just another another humiliation, de- de- demoralizing yeah. Uh, act. Yeah. Meanwhile, in another room, Aaron is enjoying a hot hookup with everyone's favorite nightcap, Kendall. Uh, she goes to take a shower. He lights a cigar, turns on an episode of Renegade starring Harry Hamlin, <laughs> and is shot twice in the back of the head. And blood splatters across uh, his younger image. Thought that was a cool effect. Mm-hmm. As I say, bye, Harry Hamlin. Um, and we see the guy holding the gun is Clarence Weedman, who works for Kane Security. He calls Duncan, who is on a beach with Lily in Australia. Which looks a lot like San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like a goof, I think, in like IMDb or somewhere else where it was just like, yeah, the people in Australia all all on that beach are all have American accents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this, this scene was thrown in for the diehard fans who were waiting on pins and needles to see whether or not Veronica would be renewed for a third season. Um, message boards and websites went crazy after this barely notable scene aired live. Do you do you know why? No, why? Um, because uh, when uh, Clarence calls him, he yeah. uh, Duncan says CW, and Clarence says back, "It's a done deal." <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I know, right? <laughs> uh, they were waiting to see if the show was UPN was ending. It was going to go to join with the WB to be the CW, and everybody who was huge fans of Veronica Mars at the time uh, were hoping that Veronica would get a third season on uh, the CW. And uh, yeah, that's them. Oh, uh, yeah. well, I saw the actor that plays. Clarence Weedman's name in the credits mm. and didn't and had totally forgot about it till that scene. But <laughs> also, you know, Teddy Dunn coming back for that mm-hmm. one little scene at the beginning. Yes. You know, you want to have him in more than one scene. Yeah, and so uh, it was un- unexpected to see him there. This is the last time we see Teddy Dunn. Um, he, he was interviewed later on in life, and he, you know, right around when the movie came out, and he wasn't involved in that. Um, and he talked about this coming back for this one scene. You know, he kind of left dissatisfied at the beginning of the season. You know, um, or you know the, but he did have a pretty good arc. You know, rescuing the baby and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says, I think Rob's goal was to leave the character on a high note. I certainly think he did so in a heroic way. So, yeah, just he wanted Duncan to earn some fan sympathy before finally saying goodbye. And mm-hmm. Teddy and also Aaron Eccles dated. Some he needed to get got some come up at <laughs> all right. So we go zoom over to New York. We're at JFK. Um, Jackie meets Wallace. Um, he, she confesses her secrets. Her mom had a one night stand with Terrence when Jackie was a sophomore. She was partying hard, got knocked up, has a two year old son. She felt like a hypocrite for being mad at her dad while her mom was raising her kid. And mm-hmm. she says that she is staying and Wallace, his life is in Neptune. And we have to say goodbye to Tessa Thompson. That is okay because Tessa Thompson is making the money right now. Go She's get in it, everything. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have uh, Veronica sleeping sprawled across Logan's lap. Mm. And uh, you kind of pointed this out in the, in the Facebook group. Um, this is parallel to the reverse shot of this in the season two premiere where Logan was the one who was there um, sprawled across Veronica's nap. 
a nap lap. <laughs> and this uh, and it's like beautifully lit. Mm-hmm. And it's a reference to Michelangelo's Pieta, which I'd never knew about before until I started like researching. Like, is this does this mean anything? It just seemed like such like an odd. Like she is like sprawled across his lap and. And just like her, her back is almost like arched. Like it doesn't look like a very comfortable. It's like it's like yeah. she's. It's like as if she's just completely passed out. But it doesn't look like. Well, it looks like it looks kind of posed. <laughs> not that she's asleep because she's probably so distraught yeah. and exhausted and you know just whatever to to be able to sleep. But she's just exhausted. Just the anguish. And yeah. of course, she has this dream about her dad doing a sock puppet show. And she wakes up to bacon cooking and she runs out and she's like, Dad. And it's just Logan. And Logan says how sorry he is. And then all of a sudden, just out of his bedroom, walks out Keith. <laughs> is that breakfast? Uh, <laughs> um, and it turns out he was not on Woody's plane. Lamb ordered him to drive home. Um, and I immediately had to run to IMDb because I was like, is that implying that Lamb was on the plane? Wouldn't they make a more a bigger deal out of that? But no. <laughs> um, he came home, found Logan on the couch. And uh, yeah, while they're talking. Lamb was just looking for look, – Lamb just found a way to be a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Logan uh, leaves while they're talking. Yeah, like I'll just excuse myself. Yep. Quietly. He was like, God damn it. I'm running Veronica time. Freaking Keith. Thought he was dead. I'm such a bad boy. <laughs> Just trying to think of what's going through Logan's head. Bad like, boys are so interesting. Man, I gotta go lift some weights. Um, gotta go do some sit-ups. <laughs> uh, so Woody's lawyer calls Kendall, and I guess uh, he's Beaver's lawyer, too. As well as Woody's, you know, Woody's lawyer and Kendall's lawyer, and says that she's a millionaire now um, because Big Dick betted against Incorporation, mm-hmm. or everybody thinks it was Big Dick. Um, Keith and Veronica prepare to go to New York City. Um, Veronica mentions that she's bringing pepper spray just in case they run into that Trump fella, ah! which I thought was freaking amazing. Hilarious. Uh, MAGA heads, please unsubscribe. Just want to say that. Um, <laughs> Keith gets his autograph book for Carol Channing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Carol Channing's still alive. Did she? she just passed away recently. Yeah. Uh, Logan arrives to drive Veronica to the airport, and outside the office, they start kissing. And uh, Kendall interrupt. I know. It's like a fire between... Love, hashtag love is setting all the alarms off outside. Um, Kendall interrupts snarkily, and Kendall bribes Keith with a, case, a case. Oh, I love that uh, Veronica's like, oh, sorry. she's like, I gotta see your dad. Well, he doesn't carry much cash. Like, <laughs> you're a whore, Kendall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the Keith, Keith Mars is the next on your list, really? Uh, Kendall opens up a briefcase to bribe Keith that to do something. And says it's important. And we end the season with Veronica at the airport gate and Keith not showing up. <gasps> no. Oh, disappointing. Um, okay. So that was uh, about an hour spent on one episode of Veronica Mars. Um, but well, it was packed full of stuff. So packed full. Yeah. I mean, 
season one was amazing. Mm-hmm. Season two could not live up to season one. Still. But it was it was almost as good. It's just towards was the, freaking awesome. I thought it, I was just like it <gasps> was good, but there was just you know some things that just eh, okay. I don't know, like they were just rushed mm-hmm. to finish. This, I don't know. Not perfect, but what's perfect? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I always recommend season one of Veronica Mars. Like, just you know, if somebody's like, "I want to," what was that Veronica Mars all about? I was like, "Just, uh, just at least watch season one. Check out season one. It's a pretty damn good. Um, does a pretty damn good job of like doing a case over a season, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, until you get to the end of the season two, you don't realize that it was that it's not resolved, but <laughs> it's resolved in season two. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Both both uh, the murder of Lily Kane and, and the rape of Veronica. Um, so some trivia. On okay. March 29th, 2006, a fake press release titled Veronica Mars Canned was released, informing fans that the show had been canceled. After a few hours, creator Rob Thomas informed the fans that he had been getting calls from writers asking if they still had jobs and the show had, in fact, not been canceled. So it was a, kind of a hoax. Um, there were low ratings for season two, and there was a lot of doubt whether or not Veronica was going to be uh, renewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, CW uh, had many new, many new pilots in the works. Um, however, CW did not actually pick up the majority of those pilots, which uh, left room on the schedule. And meanwhile, the fans were going so nuts they actually flew a banner outside the offices of UPN and the C- in the CW <laughs> uh, for like save Veronica Mars. Yeah, I mean, I remember just the internet was just a buzz. Mm. The the fans were just crazy. <laughs> uh, the show was indeed picked up by the CW. Um, let's see, what else do I have here? Um, college life isn't the biggest change Veronica Mars has to deal with. This season will have we're talking about season three. We'll have three big mysteries solved at different points in the season as opposed to one spread over 22 episodes. The first will be solved in the initial nine episodes, no preemptions or repeats. The second, seven episodes, and then the last who done it uh, happens over the final six. Uh, because, okay, so Rob Thomas was talking to the, the head of network uh, and also reading a lot of the internet, television without pity, um, that viewers often got very confused um, trying to follow a case over an entire season. So he decided that, um, you know, him and also the head of CW were like, okay, we want new viewers. We want people to jump on. Um, so, you know, and especially, you know, even if the season gets started, at least they can jump in, you know, some way through and they'll, they'll maybe be at the end of a case and at the beginning of another case kind of thing. So this is the kind of the new format for season three. Yeah. This yeah. was back when people, Missed episodes from week to week for different reasons because they had <laughs> appointments and, ar- and ball games. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they weren't on. They weren't live tweeting. Um, didn't have a DVR. <laughs> didn't have yeah the VHS yet much. So yeah, uh, this this plan was like uh, let's see nine seven that's sixteen and then six more that'd be a full twenty two. Okay. Um, the CW at first was going to give them 13 and then gave them a full 22. And they said if it did poorly in rating, ratings, it would be shortened. And in the end, mm-hmm. Veronica Mars season three gets 20 episodes. Oh, but it was because of the writer strike, wasn't it? Mm, I don't remember. I don't. I didn't see anything about the writer strike in my research. Was that that year? Could be. I thought so. I thought that 
I thought it was like common knowledge that Veronica Mars was canceled because of the writer strike. That the writer strike really affected Veronica Mars. Uh, writer strike. Two thousand eight. Yeah, that was like two two years after. So really, yeah, according to Google. <laughs> Six unanticipated consequences of the writer strike. Your DVR is going to lie to you. Yeah, the big one DVD was 2007 play. to 2008 Writers Guild of America strike. So maybe at the end of, uh, um, yeah, so it's from November 5th, 2007 to February 12th, 2008. So maybe the reason for Veronica not getting picked up after season three. Well, we'll definitely get into that when we get to the end of season three. It's definitely not a factor, not a factor in two to three, though. Some more some more notes here. Um, it did keep its same time slot on the CW as well as the UPN. They're on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Um, they were um, following America's Next Top Model before, but now they are on Tuesdays after Gilmore Girls. Uh, mm-hmm. With the network hoping uh, that the, you know the WBs, the Gilmore Girls audience is going to stick around for Veronica. That Mars girls after. will watch. Girls <laughs> They said the network really wants us to be a good Companion piece to Gilmore Girls They've had a couple of thoughts on storylines That are too dark That's what I believe Rob Thomas says So they also had to, had to think about lightening up A little bit for uh, for Them Gilmore Girls people coming on You know <sighs> Staying around for that 9 o'clock hour So yeah. I mean yeah it, it The tones Would have been different But I mean, the sh- you shouldn't change a show for another show. Maybe the Gilmore Girls are doing great in the ratings. I, I look forward to you telling me all about the Gilmore Girls trivia as we're... As well, we're- you know, it went nine seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Steph Smallville. Okay. Uh- <laughs> So that is uh, uh, the last bit of my notes for the wrapping up season two, going into season three. Uh, let me just put our little insert here. Um, I just want to remind everybody to check out the app from our friends at TV Time. And uh, if you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. Also, we're a part of the TV Talk Network. So check out tvtalk.fm to find our podcast there, among other fun podcasts. All right. So this is going to be an extra long episode. I, I apologize for keeping you up. Um, are you are you here for the long run? What? Are Me? You? Yeah. You. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. You ready for season three? Ready for season three. You ready for that new theme song? Uh, uh, okay. Well, if they wanted to make it lighter and not so dark. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe they could. Ugh, that, that theme song is so dour and dark. Just, ugh. Well, I don't like it. They, I don't like it at all. They, they, uh, they, uh. They really stripped it down. I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of it myself, but um, it's it's to match those new sleek noir credits, which I actually do like. Um, um, they said uh, season one we first did the titles. The network was very clear on wanting to sell it as a high school show rather than a noir show. But once we went to college and had a chance to redo the titles, I wanted it to feel noir. It was remixed in season three. Yeah, but it's less noir now. The show is less noir. It's bright and sunny. The network tells you to be less noir, but except for the titles, (laughs) brighten it up. But uh, drop the. That's really funny that that. 
worked out that way. We have uh, Mac and Lamb are now in the main credits as well as – What? Sheriff Lamb is in the credits? Yep. Michael Muni. Yep. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Uh-huh. Also, uh, new characters Parker and Piz are in the main credits. Calm down. Well, I, I think Boring. our I think our I think our connection went went okay. No. Um, also, okay. So the first episode was broadcast on MSN without commercials a week early. So you know, internet fans mm. could jump on and see Welcome Back in one week early. Um, so again, Thomas wanted to quote invite new viewers. Invite new viewers to the show by trying to start with a clean slate and ridding the show of references to former plot lines and character development. With regards to Welcome Wagon, Thomas stated he wanted episode one this year to not rely much on past knowledge. He also tried to make the episode very sort of breezy and chattery and funny. I mean, it it is. It's funny and breezy, yeah. but it's not biting like usual. Mm. It's not sarcastic, not... It's just, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you know, that's your season three review. I, uh, you know, we'll see how we go. We got, we got 20 episodes to get through. We're going to do two today. Uh, let's see what happens. Uh, here's okay. the summary. This is Welcome Wagon written by Rob Thomas. Um, the summary is Veronica adjusts to college life, but there is still a rapist on the loose. Meanwhile, Keith takes a dangerous ride into the desert. Okay. Well, I'm sure the viewers were very confused with Keith's storyline because I was confused with Keith's storyline. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I saved. It okay. For, I saved it for the end because uh, it kind of drags on to the, into the second episode. Okay. Let's start and off. Also, what else was I going to say? Mm. Uh, we don't find out. I mean, all we do is assume that Veronica just did not get the scholar the uh, scholarship. The Kane scholarship, yeah. The Kane scholarship, and she's not going to Stanford. She's going t- to. Hurst. I have a I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if it's explained later, and if it does, I'm sorry for the spoiler if you want to call it this. But I'm thinking the season finale of season two uh, really made it clear why she's here at Hurst. I mean, she thought she lost her dad. That was it. She'd never see her dad again, and now she. Her yeah, dad. because she's not living on campus. Right. Exactly. She's she's a uh, what do you call those a. Uh, Commuter. Commuter, yep. Steven. Also, she's in a relationship with Logan. You know, she goes to Stanford. You know, she'd have to break that up, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming, you know, Mac and Wallace are going to Hearst. It's it's all pluses. Um, so. I, mean, I guess. I, and also, I think what it is, Veronica thinks of herself as somebody who can just pick up and move on. Right. Because she said... You know, that she made fun of people who carried over their high school relationship to college. And I think when it comes right down to it, that she, she didn't want to uh, – she wanted to continue being friends with Wallace and Mac. Right. And like you said, still stay close to dad. Mm-hmm. And hashtag love. Don't forget hashtag love. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, of course, uh, she's also determined not to piss anyone off. Um, I don't know why I wrote Veronica is determined not to piss anyone up. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we see uh, in this whole first opening bit that, uh, you know, she can't really um, change her stripes, her spots, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, so we have Patrick Fabian from Better Call Saul. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, they, they, this is the role that I, 
when him having such a big role on Better Call Saul is very unusual. <laughs> he always plays this part right here. The jerky the professor, guy. Yeah. The, you know, that is that is such his character right there that we're so used to seeing. Just in one episode or two episodes, uh-huh. we've never known his name. You know, in fact, but, uh, he, but he's always looked familiar to us. He also played a professor on Saved by the Bell, the college years. Oh, no wonder I think <laughs> of him as a professor every time I see. Him. He was also on Big Love and Joan of Arcadia, um, but here he is playing Professor Landry, uh, professor of criminology, and he has a very familiar-looking um, <laughs> teaching assistant. Ta, his ta is lucky. Yeah, with a wig, with a terrible wig. This is one of the most jarring parts of season three. I'm, mm-hmm. And it's funny because I remember in my original watch, I, I didn't really put together that this was the same guy that played Lucky the Janitor who, who died by gunfire. Um, I just was like, that guy is wearing a wig. <laughs> and I was waiting for it to be revealed. Mm-hmm. Veronica is going to pull his wig off. And we're going to find out something about him. All right. <laughs> He's somebody secretly being there, you know. I no, I didn't realize that he was uh, he was the same guy. Tim, uh, he was the same guy that played Lucky. I didn't write his name down, but um, but here he's called Tim Foyle. Tim I, Foyle. I guess they just really liked him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Guess so. They, I don't really have any trivia in here about that, but um, so anyway, Landry opens up uh, about the you know it's a murder mystery. Oh, uh, I actually wanted to ask you, uh, you know, college kids. Always seem to fall for the TA. You know, is is Tim Foyle uh, uh, kind of like a Riley kind of character here, or? I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> Professor Landry is so hot <laughs> that true. they're not paying any attention to the TA. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, they always look up to the TA because they're cooler and hipper. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, uh, so this murder history happens. Tim is getting really irritated because the pretty blonde is just sitting there reading a magazine. <laughs> and uh, she says she already knows she didn't even question anybody. She just looked up the game online. Um, and then uh, when Landry asked if he um, – who she was sending away for the rest of his life, uh, she realized that w- the male uh, was the one that did it because it it's a murder mystery game, a board game that they got this from. And she also beat Tim's record, which, uh, and then she looks at him. She's like, what did you do with the extra 10 minutes? <laughs> and yeah, this is just, just classic. Like this is Veronica, you know, she's not here to make enemies, but she also didn't socially interact with the rest of her class. She didn't make any friends. She just sat there and read her magazine and acted like, like, you know, a cross between, um, like Hermione Granger and, <laughs> You know, some wise ass, you know. Um, and yeah, it's just Veronica is just going to be Veronica. Um, yeah. Just being all clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, love is in full effect. Uh, Veronica is acting butch with Logan because they just watched a Clint Eastwood marathon together. <laughs> it's pretty cute. Uh, Lo- she carries his books to Clia. <laughs> yeah. Logan says Dick is back in town and he feels guilty about um, Beaver jumping. Maybe he pushed him too much. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to go ahead and say Logan is boring this season already Mm. because he's not the tortured, sarcastic, you know, he's not going through something. But now Dick is. Now Dick is a mess. (laughs) Yep. Dick is a mess. 
Um, we'll find out more about that. Uh, and we go to Wallace. Oh, wait, wait, wait. This is where Logan says that Dick's mom started dating Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> yeah, PR person right. that got him into Hearst. Yep. And so... Also, uh, somehow, did he get his GD or something like that? That's the only reason that I can understand. But why didn't they mention anything about that, you know? Like, why was he not at graduation? I didn't even know that. I need to go back and rewatch that scene. <laughs> like, what was Dick doing during that graduation scene? Maybe we can Google it later. I don't know. Uh, someone might tell us on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Wallace meets his new roommate, Stosh Piz- Piznarski, uh, and he says, call me Piz. Played by... And, and then he... Oh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, he's played by Chris Lowell, uh, who's from uh-huh. Life As We Know It, and Private Practice, and he's also in Glow. Okay. See, people know him from other things. I do not. I only know him from this. Yeah. Also, and I, I, I know boring. him... boring. I know him as the reason why uh, Liv's uh, zombie boyfriend was named Lowell. <laughs> oh. one, because they was named after Chris Lowell. But Chris, but Piznarski was named after like the DP. No, it was the d- director of the show's pilot episode, uh, Mark Piznarski. Oh. Okay. Uh, it says here he was created in order to give Veronica a male friend who is not upper class. Uh, Rob Thomas called Piz a Lloyd Dobler mold and a middle class kid from a Portland suburb who has too many words coming out of his mouth most of the time. So, do you get some John Cusack off of uh, Piz? No. And does he seem like especially talkative? No. Okay. Uh, he's definitely not talkative when uh, um, he meets Veronica. Who, it, you know, Piz discovers that his stuff is stolen. So, he, um, Wallace, of course, calls Veronica. She asks for five hundred dollars or exchange of services. He offers guitar lessons. She's not interested. He talks about uh, how he had some girl, some chubby blonde girl uh, from the welcome wagon committee, watch his car. And uh, yeah, everything was stolen, including this very valuable guitar. And someone wrote unwashed with arrows on the uh, car. Mm-hmm. So they go talk to the RA who uses BSG terminology. He says frack and Veronica needs that explained. Yes. Okay. I think he's the new... Uh- Oh, who was the guy in season two I like? Michael Sarah? No. Corny? Corny. Okay. I think this this RA is the new Corny because he's like pretentious and he's drinking tea and he watches <laughs> BSG. Like he's just uh, Corny was I'm like a, a stoner and <laughs> I don't know. I know, but he's just a colorful character. I can tell you, by the way, I really hope our listeners enjoy uh, my child in the other room probably being nursed back to bed by her mother. Um, but um, uh, Mo here is actually mm-hmm. was actually supposed to be Dean. Michael Sarah was supposed to play this character and recur uh, on the show, but he could never uh, return. Okay. He got something else going on. So he is very much like Dean. You know, um, just I'm a sophomore. I've been around. Mm-hmm. I know more than you. Mm-hmm. I drink tea. Certainly not as memorable <laughs> as Michael Sarah, but that's probably because Michael Sarah is recognizable to by, by me. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Veronica goes to that. Take back the rally. Take back the rally. Take back the mm-hmm. night rally. And we find out that the rapes and the head shavings are still going on. 
like a year later, this rapist is still on the loose. And where are the police? Uh, no idea. But uh, like day one of school, like first day of school, this is happening. Yeah. And uh, Mac is there. And she says that, uh, you know, her takeaway from graduation is that she's now frozen from the waist down. <laughs> Unlike her roommate, uh, Parker, who is very uh, active. Yes, this is very weird mm. that they go on and on and on about how sexually active her roommate is. Mm-hmm. And I'll, oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Uh, so this complete asshole jumps on the stage. He's got a ski mask, Union Jack underwear, and a sex doll. The girls thankfully beat his ass. They pull, yeah. they pull his mask. Mac and, Mac and Veronica are like, oh, it's just, I thought we were in, like, it's just like high school. <laughs> and, uh, turns out that it's Dick. He's acting out. Mm-hmm. He's just doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, and, uh, you know, default position is being a lech and kind of gross um, (laughs) to women. Um, So uh, Veronica takes the case of the missing merchandise to Deputy Sachs. He says they got four of the reports all within the span of 90 minutes. And Veronica asks for the list and promises Sachs that he'll get the bust if uh, she tracks the thief down. And she interviews a bunch of other people uh, One's a junior And she says And, and the, she gets a door slammed in their face Because Veronica asks her How did you not know there How did you not know there wasn't a welcome wagon Which is a very good question You know uh, That's when she spots the flyer for the band Unwashed um, Then she goes to Max's room She meets Parker And Parker is our other new cast member uh, Julie Gonzalo um, okay. she, she was in the Lindsay Lohan Freaky Friday She was also in A Cinderella Story Christmas with the Cranks, Dodgeball And uh, later on she was on TV a lot uh, She was in Eli Stone And the uh, the New Dallas Okay <laughs> Did you want to say something? No Okay. She's not really making an impression at all on me. <laughs> She's a free spirit And she's great She loves Mac This is a good thing to say You know She loves her roommate This is She You know And and uh, What Mac might feel Terrible about Later after events Is that You know Mac's here like Prejudging her You know And She is She doesn't say anything bad About Mac at all Um She's she is a she is a free spirit. She changes her clothes right in front of Veronica. Oh yeah, she's uh, very open. Uh huh. She's got a nice big Colin Farrell poster. Um, uh, Veronica asks Mac to go see the unwashed. Parker invites herself along. So, um, Michael Osiello actually asked Rob Thomas whether or not Veronica and Mac would be roommates, and Rob Thomas replied that listen, Buffy and Willow weren't roommates, so why you gotta work your way into that, you know? No, he didn't say that, but uh it seems <laughs> like he's inspired. But he said uh uh any sort of living arrangement would prevent Veronica from having scenes with Keith. Mm-hmm. So um that kind of change would screw things up with that relationship. So yes, I would I would rather they keep Keith in the show. Uh, so they go to the concert. They meet up with Wallace and Piz. Parker dances with a couple guys. Wallace and Veronica um, are not into the band. Piz is into Veronica. And mm-hmm. uh, then some young kids walk up. They say they saw. Well, this is after she gets on stage. Oh, and yes. makes a PSA yep. about, you know, I've got a re- I'm offering a reward for anybody that has any information. We're at this back table. And then these kids come up. 
and they say it was black people. <laughs> yeah, and Wallace was like, of course it was. <laughs> and one white chick wearing a fat suit. Yeah, I don't understand this. No? Okay. No. Explain well, later. I will. Okay. Uh, Mac uh, <laughs> finds Dick outside her door looking for Parker, and he's angry at Mac. He says that Beaver oh. never loved her, and she was he- his beard. Yeah. Which, uh, Just- wow, this is... Uh, this is one of like two like actual emotional scenes for Ryan Hansen and Veronica Mars. Yeah. It's, it's good to see. It's it's sad, you know. And I mean, I guess, I guess Dick kind of assumed that maybe Beaver was gay, and also he just wants to say something hurtful, right? To Mac, just he just wants to hurt her the way he's hurting. It's so funny when I watched the season two finale and saw like, you know, Dick just being Dick and like his brother turns out to be like this mass murdering rapist monster. And uh, I really had doubts how well they'd be able to pull off Dick reacting to the situation because Dick is always the comic relief, you know? Yeah. He doesn't have much range. No. Like you don't think that he has enough. He has a lot of range right? because he's just like making funny quips and just being obnoxious. But yeah, he's very good in this episode. Yeah. Unfortunately for, uh, I don't know, for good drama, like they can't keep Dick acting like this for too long, you know? And obviously, yeah, they, especially been, because because Logan did, you know, was a mess last season. Like uh-huh. they can't do the same thing twice, which it is different than what Logan did. Logan was just very sarcastic. Uh-huh. But but yeah, they can't keep they can't keep Dick at a turned up to eleven. Right, and he's supposed to be the fun character. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, the RA there for uh, Max uh, building throws him out. Um, oh, I was supposed to have an idea. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know anything. I'm so dumb. Um, Veronica literally gives Piz Duncan's old clothes, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Sadie? Sadie? Oh, I didn't know they were Duncan's. I, yep. I, I see that now. Hey, shh, be quiet. No, Sadie, no. Oh, you're about no. to get edited out, Sadie. Sadie, no. No. Enough of your co-hosting. Sadie, do you like Veronica Mars? I don't know. Does it taste like chicken? (laughs) (laughs) All right. She made the podcast. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Logan recognizes uh, one of his shirts later. And it was the same Uh, shirt that he borrowed from Duncan and had a pillow over his face. And Veronica. Oh, is she mistaken? Yeah, mistook Logan for Duncan, yeah. So they go visit a guy who's selling the guitar. His name's Donald Fagan. Fagan. Uh, He uh, found it at a – he says he found it at a flea market and he was sold by a – it was sold to him by a blonde with a smoking bod. Okay. So that fits the story. It's uh, – so this blonde with the smoking bod was wearing a fat suit and was helped by black people to rip this car off. Okay. Got it. So Veronica visits the junior, takes a picture of her, walks off, finds Piz and Wallace bird watching. Mm-hmm. And Piz takes a look at that picture of the junior, you know, because it seems very obvious. This is obviously must be the girl, you know. She should she should have known there wasn't a welcome wagon uh, because she's a junior. But it turns out she's not actually involved. 
Piz, Piz, Piz and Wallace, while they look at the picture, they don't recognize her. Yeah, he's like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. So she takes the picture to Donald Fagan, who then says, oh, oh yeah, I'm 80% sure that that's, that's the girl. And she notices that um, he's into criminology and mentoring, uh, you know, youth mm-hmm. uh, with criminal past. And, uh, and Okay, she- and then her and her dad, okay, they had left the card, the SD card with other pictures in the hotel room. But a uh, maid found it and returned it to him. They were looking at the pictures and they were arguing about was this the Empire State Building or the Chrysler Building. Right. And so she sees a picture. She takes it and says, yes. oh, can you settle settle a bet for me? And he said, oh, it's the Space Needle. Right. And then she asks for a glass of water. Right. What? She takes the picture? Yep. Okay. That, you know, it's not explained here what's going on. It's kind of put together at the end here. Um, okay. And then she goes to criminology. She talks to Tim Foyle about uh, mentoring. Uh, you know, that mentoring program that Donald was talking about. And uh, Mac lures him out of the room so she can look through the records mm-hmm. um, and grab some files, it looks like. Um, and she recognized those three boys that come to them at the bar? Right. Um, yeah, later on, she, Veronica turns the photo over to Sachs, says the photo is Donald and the girl, it's, and it turns out to be a chubby blonde. Um, and then gives him the files on the young kids from the concert and says, that's, that's the, the gang. That's, so that's the three kids that helped out, uh, Donald's, uh, girlfriend rip off the whole thing. And probably Donald too, rip off that car. Did you get it? Did you understand? No. (laughs) Donald Fagan was mentoring these kids. He had a scam where he would have like, what, what don't, what part don't you understand? What's the deal with her being chubby and having a fat suit and having a smoking bod? I don't understand. The misdirect. The kids are the ones that give them, give Veronica that information at the concert. They go up to Veronica and say, it was black dudes and there was one white chick, but she was wearing a fat suit. When she meets Donald, Uh Donald says, it was a girl, a girl that sold the guitar to him, but she had a smoking bod. Which okay. means so so he coached them to give them the story, and then okay. he backed up the story. He was the co- corroborating witness. Right. The thing that doesn't fit, fit is that the girl with the smoking bod, who's who's the junior that they that Veronica thinks it is, wasn't actually the person that uh, Wallace talked to. Okay. So yeah, I also love the fact that uh, Donald's last name is Fagan. Um, much like the guy that uh, gets uh, Oliver Twist and Artful Dodger into uh, stealing for him. Okay. You get it? Like Donald was taking young kids to mm-hmm. help him. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Logan gives Veronica his room key. He says he only wants her. Uh, a ribbon? You gave me a ribbon? <laughs> Dick shows up on the quad drunk trying to get a girl to just let him move in and gets mm. pounded by his her, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Logan rescues him with a stun gun. Mm-hmm. Piz shows up, immediately looks jealous, and that's when Logan notices that he's literally wearing Duncan's shirt. <laughs> oh, so so Piz is the new Duncan. Uh-huh. And that's when Piz IDs the girl in the Space Needle photo as the girl that he talked to. So, um, ba, 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 ba. Veronica explains to Piz how the teens were steering them in the wrong direction. Piz asks her why she does this detective stuff and um, even says that Wallace told them uh, about Lily, 
what happened there. Um, Veronica points out that's here's why I do it, and we see Sax bringing Donald out, and then the garage door opening. <laughs> and there's they, all kinds of stuff that they stolen. They both kind of oh, what do they toast him or applaud or something? Mm-hmm. Like that? Yeah, they're they're they have like bottled water that that's they. Right toast that they <laughs> cheers to mm-hmm. and then he asks her about logan and you can see veronica's like oh wait a second here this guy must have feelings for me mm. so wrapping up the this part of the episode veronica finds mac outside her room the movie she says they're, they're going to a movie but the movie tickets are inside the room so veronica sneaks into a dark the dark room and hears some moaning um, later, Logan finds a bloodied and beaten dick at his door. Beaten dick. Anyway, um, that's what she said. Um, and I'm sorry, this is like also a great Ryan Hansen scene. He cries and he says he messed up. Mm-hmm. He has no place to go. So good. Oh, good job, Ryan Hansen. Um, and later that night, Mac and Veronica go back to Max. You know, she's letting Veronica stay with her uh, overnight. And uh, that morning they w- they wake up and they find Parker screaming. Her head is shaved. <sighs> so. So, so I can't wait to find out the deal with this because I don't understand. It's so weird. Uh, yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about this, but we got to do the Keith stuff first before we move on okay. to the next episode. Okay. So, um, Vinny, Vinny. Okay. Okay. So, is this the deal? Uh, ah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll I'll bring it up later. All right. Um, Go ahead. Vinny visits Keith, wants another team up. Um, jewelry store in Bezler, but Keith is headed out of town. Does it? Does it? Uh, Vinny say something about a lucky Pierre? I don't know. Did he say like some- really quick? <laughs> like it just went by so fast. I was like, did he say lucky Pierre? Uh, that sounds familiar. What is? Is that something dirty? Yeah. Okay. Are you googling it? I am googling it. <laughs> Sounds so familiar. The, obviously, I probably haven't heard it since heard of it since junior high. Um, it's the a recipient new age band from a, Cleveland. <laughs> it's the recipient of a hot Carl. That's all you had to say. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, Keith, do you not? I mean, Veronica, your daughter is a better. Well, she may be a good detective. Maybe you're better as, as a detective, but. You certainly don't know Vinny as well as Veronica does. Veronica totally caught Vinny slipping her that pen. But mm-hmm. here's Vinny playing with his bag. <laughs> you know, very interested in that that tool bag. And he's in too much of a hurry to realize uh, that Vinny slipped him a pen. But um, bah, 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 bah. Uh, yeah, Veronica and Keith, we find out that Keith actually did join her three days later. And um, says that he's leaving back up in charge of watching over her. And um, Veronica has the phone rerouted to Logan's room and they're having sex together. Mm, yeah, because he had said earlier that he didn't want it to be. He better be gone. He better shake your hand at the door before uh, midnight or something yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, Keith is out. He uh, He's picking up uh, Cormac uh, Fitzpatrick from jail. And Cormac is played by Jason Behe uh, from all the Who Chicago is, shows. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's that, he's that Chicago guy mm-hmm. <laughs> in other Chicago shows he was also that I have in... to watch when I work at a certain place. <laughs> I have to watch that all day. Well, I guess it could be worse, you know? Mm-hmm. It could be Fox and Friends. Mm, yeah. Unsubscribe, MAGA listeners. Anyway, uh, <laughs> 
I really doubt there's any MAGA listeners, but who knows? You know, they're where you least expect. <laughs> they're just there. Thanks. Um, speaking of a cult of uh, absolute losers, uh, Jason Behe was involved with uh, Scientology. And uh, he was also he was on um, Californication. Uh, David Duchovny actually uh, saved Jason from uh, Scientology. Oh, bless him out of his it. heart! Yeah, good. Uh, now he's making that good NBC money from all those mm-hmm. Chicago shows, and he's might actually have some money now instead of all of his money going to Scientology. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, Cormac thanks Keith for getting Kendall out of town. Liam's searching for her. Wants a big cut of her money. Cormac wants to live on a beach uh, with uh, Kendall, and uh, he says his brother and his greed is going to get him shivved in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cormac asks Keith what he spent the money Kendall paid him on, and he says he bought back his daughter's love. And Veronica has upgraded to a Saturn <laughs> SUV. Yeah, I was like, man, the Chrysler LeBaron was cooler. It probably didn't run as good. <laughs> Um, and I suppose, you know, um, a, a big Saturn SUV is, uh, the closest, um, uh, uh, Keith is going to get from, uh, putting his, putting his daughter in a hamster ball. <laughs> but I love that, uh, you know, Piz did point out, um, that, uh, it is a Mars and a Saturn and she said, Oh, and Neptune. Neptune. <laughs> move your anus. Mercury's rising. <laughs> uh, that was cute. Yeah. Keith and Cor- Wait a second. That was a Piz scene. Are you sure that was cute or? <sighs> it was fine. <laughs> so, yeah, Keith and Cormac break down. Uh, Cormac uh, wants them to wait for a ride because Keith is ready to hike out. He warns them, you know, hiking in a desert would be a b- bad thing. Um, so they wait for a tow truck. Um, and then um, later, Keith reunites Cormac uh, with Kendall, who is staying in yeah. a, a, ca- a cabin. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, you know, yeah, Kendall is a see you next Tuesday, but, you know. She loved Cormac. Yeah, she so. did time for him. Mm-hmm. You so. know, could you imagine being with a girl who would sacrifice, you know, to do time for you? Mm-hmm. So uh, Cormac and Kendall have a little celebratory cake with Keith. He says he's got some travel documents for Cormac. And now they can wrap that up and, um, you know, they can get out of there. Um, he goes into his car and he looks at his bag and he finds Vinny's pen and he realizes that Vinny must be working for Liam and Liam is on his way. Uh-huh. Um, then he sees his gun is missing. So he runs back in and finds Cormac shooting Kendall, which I know I <laughs> out was of like, the blue, what? no idea. So it looks like Cormac was just trying to get to Kendall in order to get her money. Mm-hmm. And perhaps she didn't give up the money so quickly, so he shot her. Um, more information comes in the next episode, but we have to say goodbye to Charisma, Charisma Carpenter. Aww. Love you, love you. Bye, love Kendall. You. you were fun to hate. Mm-hmm. And Charisma is uh, amazing, and many hearts go to her. Um, and yeah, the, the episode ends with uh, Keith running out into the desert, um, running from Cormac with the gun. So we got to move right into my fat, big fat Greek rush week, written by Diane Ruggiero. Um So the the summary is: Veronica tries to find a link between the campus rapes and the Theta Beta sorority. Wallace and Logan participate in a sociology experiment, and Keith tries to escape Cormac. So the Cormac mm-hmm. stuff, the Keith and Cormac stuff, wraps up here. Um, 
So Keith nearly steps into a bear trap. Um, mm-hmm. Cormac car- tracking Keith with a he's got a jug of water with him so he can make it longer. Um, Keith makes it to the road. Cormac, however, finds a pen. Uh, and then steps right into that bear trap. So Liam finds his brother hurt. He he tracked the pen down. He wants his money. Cormac says that Kendall didn't have the money. And so Liam shoots him. Shoots his own brother. Uh, that son of a bitch. Um, so meanwhile, Keith hears the gunshot as he's going into civilization. He wanders his way to the sheriff's department. It looks like the sheriff, this place is uh, Kretschmer County. A little ode to uh, the director, John Kretschmer. Um, mm. Who I believe directed the season finale and the uh, season opener of season uh, three here. So he's a big Buffy director too. Oh, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the cops and Keith go to the cabin. The place is tore up. There's nobody. They find some blood on the frame of a painting, and Keith stares at this painting. Um, fast forward to the episode. Veronica gets frightened when she finds Keith just sitting in the dark. Um, she teases him, but he starts crying. Oh my god! And he says he screwed up, and someone got hurt. And Veronica says, "I know exactly how you feel." Uh, more on that later. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we know. You know, Veronica is feeling guilty about the whole rape thing. But yeah, more on that later. Um, so yeah, the, the, it's the painting was the thing that Kendall bought. Um, it's the thing that she presented to him in the briefcase. He brings it to an art dealer. It is a Van Gogh. It's worth millions. Um, and uh, Keith sells the painting and sends the money to South Neptune Food Bank. So yeah. So what were you were you confused about that at all? Or I mean, it sounds like Cormac yeah. I don't know working. anything. I don't understand. Cormac Where is did- working with Liam to get this money. Kendall didn't have the money, so Cormac just killed her. Okay. And where did the where did the painting come from? Where is the money? She bought the painting and had it in the case there. At the end of the season, when she's showing Keith the case, the, in the inside the case was a painting. Okay. So she's looking to probably sell the painting, um, and she's looking for she was probably looking for Keith's help in hiding her from Liam and bringing uh-huh. Cormac to her because she thought that um, Cormac loved her, but yeah, he really her. didn't. And, of course, Liam didn't trust his brother, so he hires Vinny to plant the bug into, in, into Keith's bag. So who's dead now? Uh, Cor- uh, well, Cormac is dead. Kendall is dead. And Kendall's dead. I don't think so, Liam is, no. Okay. I mean, no. Because we didn't see the – we didn't even see him get arrested. Mm-mm. So. All right. Okay. Sociology experiment. All right. The Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> Speaking of Stanford <laughs> – Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a sociology class with Dr. Kinney, played by Dan Castellaneta, who mm-hmm. is known the guy as- who does Homer Simpson. Yep, solid Simpsons uh, reference at the end of this whole plot. Did you notice that? What? Oh, when um, Dr. Kinney tells Rafe that he got false information, um, the person he got r- false information from goes, "Dope." <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't catch that. So yeah, sociology experiments, guards extracting information from a prisoner. Does, uh, does is everybody familiar? Does people know what the Stanford Prison Experiment is? I don't really know. Was, Why don't you explain it? Oh, I, I'm assuming yeah. it's like this. <laughs> yeah, there's a movie that was made not too long ago, a couple of years ago, that 
uh, it's it was like in the seventies or late sixties. Stanford they did this big like they took the whole weekend. They went into an abandoned building. They divided the students up into prisoners and, and guards. Mm-hmm. Now in this episode, because they only have forty two minutes, it escalated very quickly. <laughs> but yeah. in the real thing, it was like the eventually like it took on like how it is in prison. The guards were bullying the the uh the prisoners and treating them cruelly just like how he showed at the beginning about abu Ghraib. how you look at that and you think how can human beings do that that's terrible but some people are just followers and fall in would be easy because morgan was watching it with me and she said you know i know everybody says that they would not fall into this you know everybody thinks that they would be above that right she said but i really feel like i would not do that (laughs) and i really do too morgan is not she's a stubborn she doesn't morgan would not do that uh all right i i I would now i'm a follower i'd easily do that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know a lot of the you know a lot of the slurs and stuff might raise my hackles and be like whoa 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 we're going too far here um this is just an yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it makes you wonder. Like he, he, he was saying it was just a, it was just a way to get, get it, get, uh, to, it was just a, a way to get to the end. Yeah, because just the next the Monday in class, they're friends again. Right. Anyway, we should go through this. Um, uh, okay. So, so yeah, so we have Rafe played by Ryder Strong um, from Boy the Meets guy World. From Boy Meets World. Okay. Yeah. I never watched those shows, so whatever. Yeah, it was uh, after us. We're too old for that. Yeah, we're Fred Savage people. We're not Ben Savage people. Come on. Okay. <laughs> um, the Wonder Years over Boy Meets World. Okay. But people like, you know, it it honestly offends me. And I think it's kind of like an elderly abuse kind of thing. It offends me when like 90s kids are like, oh, man, like that episode of Boy Meets World. I'm like, what episode? Like, what are you talking about? Like, remember that episode of 21 Jump Street? No? Shut up. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> I don't know anybody that watched Boy Meets World. Oh, really? It seems yeah. to be like a, I don't know. I mean, it was popular enough to bring back the revival, the, the Girl Meets World. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, uh, so we also have uh, Samuel Horshack, played by Sam Levine. Uh, Horshack, mm-hmm. of course, is a reference to, I think, Welcome Back, Cotter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks, and he was also in Life as We Know It with Lowell, uh, Chris Lowell, and he was also in Pulse, the movie Pulse with Kristen Bell. Mm, okay. So yeah, they kind of go back and forth, get tortured. I don't, don't want to get in every single detail here. Yeah, just basically, uh, Wallace is a guard, and Logan is a prisoner, mm. and it's who's going to be the most clever, who's going to... Yeah. And they're uh, keeping the they they need to get they need to extract information from the prisoners, and they're kind of torturing them by not letting them sleep, mm-hmm. and only letting them go to the restrooms three times a day, and uh, giving them terrible food. Uh, Sam Levine Sam Levine is Jewish, and they try to feed them pork mm-hmm. knuckles. And he has a hard problem with the urinal. Yeah, hard to go to the bathroom while he's being yeah. watched or like on a schedule. On a t- I, see, that's table. torture. That's torture for me. Do not watch me. <laughs> like I, I would go yeah. nuts. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it's not torture, but it's just mild torture, I guess Uh you would say. Won't let them have books, took their books away, won't let them do anything. They're just kind of bored. We get we get a little bit of Logan being Logan. I I was glad we got a couple of shining Logan moments here. We he's kind of giving Rafe uh, some business, Um, Mm -hmm. and he's in that like you know the pina colada thing. And uh, I love how he orchestrates the breakout, and they just go to go to the quad, go to the food court. Yeah, and then uh, conjugal visit shows up, which is funny. But yeah, in the end, we see Horshack is happily taking notes for Rafe. Rafe's still a cool guy. And then we see Logan uh, come into the uh, classroom, uh, supposed to be naked, but he's definitely not naked, Um, and then salutes Wallace and then runs out, (laughs) which I thought was great. Yeah, you can see in that wide pan shot that he's wearing like flesh color underwear. Yeah. Why did they show that shot? He's obviously wearing underwear. (laughs) So anyway, it was it was cool. It was good seeing Logan and Wallace work together. I always like that. Yeah. So we got to go to the campus rapes, and that's the last thing we'll be talking about today. <sighs> okay. Extra long episode of we don't want to wait. <laughs> um. So Parker uh, talks to campus security. She was at a rush party. She didn't know how she got to her room. Um. And uh, Veronica and Mac are feeling guilty. Veronica came in during the rape. And Matt characterized her as a floozy, and they're both feeling terrible about this. And Lamb, okay, Lamb shows up. He's wondering if this is another uh, uh, cry. Yeah, he still I is mean, like he doesn't believe that Veronica was raped. Yeah, he's like hoping it was her. Oh, so Veronica says. Yeah, he says. Uh, you know, she doesn't remember anything. Oh, they never do. Uh, yeah, he's the worst. I mean, cheese him. <laughs> How do you make fun of somebody who thinks they got raped, even if you don't believe that they got raped? Well, you know, have you been on the internet lately? Uh, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll pose the same question to those morons. <laughs> you know, according to them, nobody's ever raped. <sighs> Rape is not a thing, I don't guess. Everybody should be scrutinized and everybody is, you know. I did mean to... Um Go back and listen to the end of the last episode because Veronica says here that she heard breathing and buzzing. I remember hearing breathing, but I don't remember hearing buzzing when she. I don't remember buzzing, but I was like, okay, whatever you say, Veronica. Yeah. Mo gives them new safety rules. um, And let's see, what else? Um, Veronica is now going to get a paying photography job at school newspaper with this uh, Mm -hmm. lady named Niche Sweeney. Um, and is given a an assignment, of course, that blends right into the case that she's working on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear that somebody there was another rape last night? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I think I, I think I heard about that. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, this is this is a this is a, a plot we've seen before. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> but of course, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of over the yeah. I quit watching Greek because I'm tired of the same plots. Uh, the the the. The uh, sorority stories. Oh yeah. The sorority politics and. Oh man! Well, I hope Matt doesn't find out by listening to the podcast that you gave up on his show. Uh, yeah. I, you should break it to him in person, at least, or at it least just, over messenger. Yeah, it just kind of didn't go anywhere. It was just yeah. over and over. Um. All right. So she goes in a uh, floral dress um, to this uh, party. Um, mm-hmm. No alcohol 
<laughs> and they they're they're singing a cappella, <laughs> and yeah, everybody's wearing these garden dresses. Yeah, she says she's dressed and- like a fifties vacuum ad, which I thought was great. <laughs> she meets Hallie, and I don't know if you noticed the first girl who Hallie was. Oh my gosh, I was like, who is this perky obnoxious girl? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's the perky obnoxious girl from Smallville. <laughs> yep, Carrie Lynn Pratt, who played Cat Grant. Um, she was also in Drive Me Crazy, which is a movie that uh, Rob Thomas co-wrote. I didn't know that. Hmm. She ta- she meets Shania, who takes her purse. Um, she also meets redhead Marjorie, who is uh, played played by Rachel Lefebvre, who's from the Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. And also meets the den mother Karen, who um, probably was cast for her motherly. Nest because uh, she, apparently her claim to fame is being the mom on Wishbone. <laughs> what is Wishbone? It's a dog that goes goes into stories or goes back and goes into history or something. You learn. Okay, but she definitely does look like a mom. Yeah, this actress is Mary Chris Wall. Um, so she, Veronica gets invited to the Theta Beta private party, and yes, there's alcohol. Uh, um and uh the party is being served by the pie sigs and uh, yeah oh also okay when the uh newspaper lady is trying to convince her yeah to take this story because you know veronica's like this looks like hell and she was like you know we need to find out what's going on there's a secret room in the basement mm-hmm. she was like shh you had me at secret room <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Dick is there in a uh, bow tie, which he will be uh, wearing a pink one in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he sees Veronica, but she tries. She has to stop him from blowing her cover because mm-hmm. she wants to look like the preppy sorority type, which she is not. Yeah, she's super friendly to him. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. And then she meets uh, Chip. Oh, we've actually met before. She accused me of rape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you? That was just a joke. So Veronica pretends to party and pretends to get drunk. She yeah, shakes her butt for the camera. After Veronica's experience with drinks at parties, she doesn't drink mm-hmm. anything given to her. Yeah, she pretends. She does the, uh, what, what was the lesbian dance? The faux lesbian dance? <laughs> I forget. I didn't write it down. <laughs> but it was like, this is the new this. Mm-hmm. And then she spots the cameras and she's drawing attention to the cameras, and they don't like that. Oh yeah, she goes and in, goes into full woo girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Marjorie and Chip start to escort her, and she gets Sparky out, ready to shock them. But she's not going to the secret room; she's going outside. You've had too much to drink. We're calling you. Uh, you know, uh, um, I forget what it's called. A safe wagon safe or ride, a safe ride thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, safe ride. Um, and it's driven by the uh, Take Back the Night chick, the one one of one of the girls that pounded on Dick. Oh man, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> so uh, she lectures her, but Veronica's like, "Oh, I'm just faking," and the girl's just like, not even impressed. <laughs> like whatever. Uh, so meanwhile, Parker's mom is trying to get Parker to go home, talking about how immature she is. Just classic worst parent. Kind of thing Yeah and see I couldn't tell if this show Is trying to like shame her Because the mother is like See I said you were too immature To, yeah. to go away to college So is she acting out And being promiscuous um, Because she's immature 
Or does Veronica need to mind her own business when she walks in the room and hears breathing? See, that's what, you know, here they are yelling at Veronica for not stopping the rape. Right. When all she was doing was minding her own damn business. Right. But I don't know. But Veronica feels they've made her feel guilty for not stopping a rape that she supposedly should know was happening. Right. Yeah. And the buzzing, it could have been, you know, a, a toy. <laughs> um or whatever you want it to be. Right. You're in your bed. It's your own damn business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, unfortunately, you know, Veronica is a girl that's been raped before um, mm-hmm. and doesn't remember it. And so it really hits home for her that she wasn't able to stop the same thing happening to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And she was like right there. I think she's more beating herself up about it than anybody else is beating her yeah. up about it. You know? Well, I don't know. What's the girl's name? Parker? Parker. She really yelled at Veronica a lot. <laughs> yeah. That was post, though. That was, like, right after it happened. I think she was really upset. hmm Anyway. Um, so, she, so, Veronica is investigating. Um, she tries to tell Niche that uh, the Theta seem okay. Talks about the safe ride. And then she finds out that Mo took uh, Parker home. And so he she she asked Mo about it, and he's like very ignorant about it. He's just like, "Hey, a girl helped me bring her to a room, and it turns out it was Terry, the female RA that uh, had kicked out uh, Dick in the uh, last episode." So, oh, I didn't know that. It was like two RAs; they were working together to bring Parker to her room. Um, so she goes back. She's tried to fight about the mystery room. She she talks about how embarrassed she was. Um, about the party with the den mother, Karen. And Karen's all nice. She's offering to vouch for her. And then Veronica uses her trust to take her keys and break into the secret room. Um, and there's a pot plantation in there. <laughs> <laughs> so she takes lots of pictures, gives them to Niche, and she's super psyched. And Niche is super psyched to take them down. And Veronica's just kind of bothered by this. It's like she was w- waiting for like a rape den or, you know, or so what she found in the pie sigs basement uh, previous season you know the trophies mm-hmm. and all that she finds a bunch of weed that like she doesn't she doesn't care about that and then marjorie tells veronica that karen has cancer uh veronica tries to stop niche from publishing but it's being published she tells karen and, Ver- and marjorie to get rid of the plants uh, marjorie says you know what you actually were going to be asked to join us like so she was finally going to fit in somewhere you know mm-hmm. and then she gets the door shut in her face like um, and, uh, Veronica takes stock of what she learned. She learns that Chip seems to be around when the rapes occur. Mm-hmm. Uh, safe ride home might not be so safe. And someone in Theta Betas had keys to Parker's room. Um, so she then gets the article published and it's got her name on it. And of course, you know, and the safe ride driver is just like, well done, sister. <laughs> double, like a sarcastic double thumbs up. Uh, and and Veronica is working in the library. <laughs> and uh, oh oh, she was actually she had a job there. I didn't even realize. Yeah, in the beginning when she's telling when she's you know she's so excited to get the job at the newspaper. She said yeah. because uh, student uh, financial aid has a job for me, uh, a, a boring job in the library picked out. Uh, so it's like oh, so if this doesn't work the- out, I'm gonna I'm gonna be working in the library. Oh, I see. I didn't even realize. Mm-hmm. Also, Parker has a wig. Oh God, it's awful too. It looks like a yeah. you know just the cheapest wig you could find. I gotta say, I, I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm 
did, do you think that they actually shaved Julie Gonzalo's hair? Did she actually shave her head for this, or did she wear like a bald cap? Because it looks a little puffy to me. I'm not sure because before the rape, her hair, her hair, it looked like she was wearing a wig. Oh, really? I didn't notice. Hmm. Yeah, but I should look yeah, for her I'm hair in the sure title credits to see what they look like. I'm pretty sure it was a bald uh, cap hmm. because it looked a lot like. The girl that spoke at the Take Back the Night rally. Well, I hate to uh, uh, say this after taking so long to talk about three episodes, but we did have a season finale and a season opener to talk about. So it did take a long time. But um, next uh, podcast, we're actually going to be talking about four episodes. Are you going to be okay with that? Yeah. Okay. The next two weeks, we're going to be doing four episodes each week. It's just the way uh, it works out scheduling-wise. And uh, you let me know if you don't have enough time to do that, but you always seem up for more. (laughs) Oh, yeah. My husband will be thrilled. All right. So you want to read off the titles of the next four episodes? Do you have them in front of you? Yes. Wichita Linebacker. Okay. Charlie Don't Surf and President Evil. One more. (laughs) Oh, one more. Hold on. Whoop. Oh, high infidelity. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll plow through four next week. We promise we won't take as much time. But, you know, if you're a fan, you probably love this extra long episode. And holy cow, it is really late. So I think we're going to all say uh, say goodbye. Goodbye for the night. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs)